Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. He is worthy of the glory. He is worthy of the honor. You may be seated real quickly. Listen, I'm not in a hurry today, but I'm going to make sure you get this word. We're going to get this word today like you get that work every day. Listen, for those who are in the building, thank you. Sister China is in the house. Sister Rita is in the house. I'm so excited. People are slowly but surely trickling back into the building, and so I'm grateful for that. But let that not be any shade to anybody watching online because I'm grateful for you guys logging in online. I'm seeing people logged in online. I pull out my little phone. I see Brother Melvin. I see Sister Tamara. I see Sister Linda. I mean, just so many people who are watching online with us on today, and I am so grateful for you guys being online. I'm going to get into the Word, but listen, I've learned to give people praise where praise is due. And one of the things I want to tell you right now is that we had a technical difficulty in the building just a minute ago with the music, but did y'all see what Cam did? Listen, she elevated from here to here. She was like, bump the track. I'm going to keep flowing in my worship. I ain't going to let nothing shake me off the ground. And so I am grateful for you, Cam, pushing through. I've said it publicly as well as I declare it privately. You did an amazing job. Thank you for leading us in worship on today. Listen, I have a word from God that I want to share with you as we get into, I don't know what week, I just stopped counting of a series entitled, Why Do I Need To? This series is uniquely designed to educate us on why do we do the basic things that we do day in and day out. And so today is all about why do I need to. And we're going to get into a text today found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to read a few verses for you. I'm actually read verse 6 through 8. And while you're finding it in your Bible or finding it on the screens, whatever you want to do, I want to uh, get you to pray with me if you don't mind and say, Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears so that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renewing me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen, amen. If you're watching online, let us know where you're watching from. If you're in Red Oak, Dallas, Duncanville, uh, New Zealand, wherever you're at, let us know. Uh, don't tell us if you're in the bathroom. If you're in the bathroom, just, just tell us you're at home. And, 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 and let's get into this text on today. Uh, the word of God for the people of God reads as this from the New American Standard Bible. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or un under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that Always having all sufficiency in everything. You're going to have everything you need. You may have an abundance for every good deed. Catch this. I want to talk to you today from a subject title of why do I need to sow? You may be seated. 
Why do I need to sow? This is probably one of the most difficult messages for most pastors to preach about, the act of sowing. I don't even want to call it giving anymore because the problem is giving gives it a bad connotation. It makes you think that you are releasing something that will never return. Sowing is what we do as believers. We don't just give, we sow. And some of you may not understand or comprehend what it means to sow. And so I want to take a minute today and educate you on the process of sowing. Uh, we moved into a new house that had nothing but a bunch of weeds in the yard. And uh, I went and I got this stuff called Roundup. And Roundup, what Roundup is uniquely designed to do, it's supposed to kill the weeds. However, pastor didn't read the label. Uh, essentially, it will not only kill the weeds, but it will kill everything that it touches. So the little Bermuda grass or St. Augustine, whatever I had in my yard, when I sprayed it, I had a bunch of large orange burnt spots in my yard. And so I had to go do something unique. I had to go buy a bag of fertilizer. I had to buy a bag of fertilizer and it had special seeds in it. And what I would do is I would scatter it out and then I would water the grass. Now, this is the issue. I bought it thinking that, you know what, instantly I'm going to have green grass like my neighbor. He, he cuts his yard two or three times a week. It stays growing and I want my grass to look just like his. But you know the problem is, although I sowed a seed, grass didn't begin to sprout instantly. And so what I had to do is I had to allow some time to pass in order for the grass to grow. Guess what happened? I went outside the other day and I looked at my yard and where there were brown spots, guess what's there now? Green grass is beginning to grow. The place that was once dead is beginning to grow. Why is grass growing where it was once dead? Because there were seeds sown in the ground. Seeds were sown in the ground, the ground was watered, the ground was nurtured, and it took a little time, but things began to grow. That's not the only place I've seen growth happen when we sow. My wife decided to start a little garden in the backyard. She decided to start a garden in the backyard, and I went out there the other day as I was getting to get ready to get in the pool, and she noticed that she had three beautiful romaine or roman, whatever you call them, tomatoes growing from her garden growing from her garden, but originally when we moved there, there was no garden. So what had to happen? She had to create a garden. She had to sow seeds in the ground, and over time, these seeds benefited us because they grew what we needed. She has tomatoes, she has chives, has cantaloupe, and now I found out there's a watermelon growing in the garden. Things grow when you sow. Things grow when you sow. And so today, it's not so much about you sowing into this ministry, sowing into to the church, but I want to help you sow into your own life. Why do I want to help you sow into your own life? Because when you sow, you grow. I, I, I should not have to fill on eggshells about talking to believers about the concept of sowing. I should not have to be defensive about talking to believers about sowing. I should not run from the text that encourages us to be utilized by God because I am worried about how people will view the conversation that I'm trying to communicate with them. So today, I'm going to talk to you about sowing because I know that sowing leads to growing. I love this particular text that I find in 
and, and 2 Corinthians, because this is the Apostle Paul, formerly known as Saul, the one who used to persecute Christians, but now is the lead advocate. He's the poster child for who Christians are. I see Paul writing a letter to the people. And if you take the time and you read the text in its entirety, what you'll find out in the, the first parts of this verse is Paul is writing to a unique group of people, and he's on his way to visit them with another group of believers. He's on his way to visit them with another group of believers. And this is what Paul does. He writes them and he says, listen, I'm on my way. Remember how good you guys talked about y'all were going to be a blessing to us and how you were going to open doors for us and that you were going to provide for us when we were in need? Well, that time is now. And Paul says, I'm sending a couple of brothers ahead of time just to remind you so that you will be properly prepared when we get there that you will have everything that we need and and the reason why I'm sending some brothers because I'm sending them ahead of time because I don't want you to look bad when we get there I don't want you to look bad when we get there and you're not willing to invest in us. I don't want you to look bad when we get there and you're, you're walking around with an attitude and you, and you don't know how you're going to provide for us. I don't want you to, to look like you're not able. I want to make sure that you're properly prepared to be utilized by God to sow into these men's lives. And so Paul sends word to them and he leaves, he leaves it, he closes it by saying, listen, remember this, those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. And he continues to go through the text and he reminds them that God will allow all grace to abide within your life. He will give you everything that you can possibly need. But one of the things that I think that we miss out is that in the end of the text in verse 8, what he says is that in his abundance for every good deed. His abundance for every good deed. And so I want to make sure that you understand something. Sometimes the reason why we don't grow when we sow, because some places that we're looking for growth in is not a good place. It's not a proper place. You can't ask God to bless your mess. You can't ask God to bless the things that are not in his will. The text says that if you do it, he will bless you, but it has to be a good deed. I'm not going to get all in your closet and talk about your business. You know what you're asking God to move for on your behalf that's right and that's wrong. I'm not going to worry about that today. I'm going to allow you to think in your own time what is right, what is wrong. What have I been expecting God to bless me with and make provisions for me with that really may not be in the will of God. Today all I want to do is educate you on why do you need to sow. Sowing leads to growing. And if I can help you understand today, there's a few reasons why it's hard for me to preach to people and to teach people the value of sowing. There's a few reasons. I want to educate you on the reasons and what the reasons are. They're direct opposites on the reasons you should. The reasons you don't are direct opposites on the reason you should. The first reason that I believe that many of us fail to sow is simply fear. Many of us fail to sow. Many of us fail to surrender and submit. And catch this, sowing is not a just about your money. 
Sowing is about your time. Sowing is about your gifts. Sowing is about your relationships. Sowing is about your prayer life. Sometimes you got to understand the reason why many of us are failing in our relationships is because we're failing to sow the right things in our relationship. We don't want to get too connected. We don't want to get too involved. And the reason is, number one, many of us fail to submit and surrender and, and to serve through sowing is because we're afraid. We are afraid, and why are we afraid? Because our fear is a reflection that we don't trust God. That's what our fear is. Your issue is not that the church needs your finances to grow. Your issue is not that God, you don't even think that God doesn't want to move in your life. Your issue is that you don't trust God, that if I give you this, you'll make a way from me. So the issue is more so in the heart. Everything we're going to talk about today is giving is about the heart. People say, well, pastor, I'm going to give when I get this. Pastor, I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve more when I get this, when I get this time and all this. The reality is you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. That's the bottom line. If you wanted to sow your time, you would sow your time. If you wanted to sow your finances, you would sow your finances. If you wanted to sow a 30-minute, 10-minute, 15 minutes, 5 minutes on a prayer line, you would sow that. But the reality is that you don't want to sow it. And one of the reasons you don't want to sow it is simply because you're afraid. And the reason you're afraid is because you lack trust in God. You lack trust in and God, and as a result of you lacking trust in God, it causes you to be afraid. The second reason that many of us don't sow, whether it's financial, time, whatever it is, is because we doubt. For those who are not afraid to trust God, there are some of you that doubt. And the problem with doubt is it's the opposite of believe. You can't say that you believe that God will, but yet and still you doubt. Many of us, when we go to God seeking things, we go to God and the reality is we're talking the talk, but we're not willing to walk the walk. This is why many of us won't so. If my wife thought for a second that tomatoes would not grow, she never would have put the seed in the ground because she doubted that something could produce. So this is essentially, I want to help you today, why many of us don't sow is because we doubt that what I'm going to invest is going to produce a return. If we're not afraid that if I give this, I don't have anything else and I'm going to struggle, we're afraid that if I invest, it's not going to yield a return. The last and final reason that many of us don't sow, and I pray to God this is not your issue, but you selfish. That's the reality of why people don't sow. The reality of why people don't sow is either they're afraid or they doubt or they are selfish. Pastor, what do you mean I'm selfish? Because selfishness is what keeps you from serving. Selfishness makes you think of yourself only and not think of God's plan 
or someone else. Can you imagine being in a relationship with a selfish person? Don't, don't look to your left or to your right, even parents. Don't look. Don't look. Can you imagine being in a relationship with somebody that all they wanted to do was take? They never wanted to give. They never wanted to pour back in. All they wanted to do was reap without sowing. These are the key factors of why many of us don't grow. We don't grow because we're not willing to sow because we're afraid, we doubt, or we're selfish. This is why Paul writes to them and he tells them that, listen, I want to make sure that when, when, you, when we get there, you're in the right spirit. I want to make sure that nobody has an issue with what's about to take place. And so I'm sending someone ahead of time to make way. Now I want to take a minute that I've told you our issues, and hopefully some of you have begun to examine yourself because the reality is not that you don't have enough money. It's not that you don't have an, enough money because the reality is that all you need is a little money. All you need is a little something. It, it's, it's essentially like having, I don't know why I didn't get me, Cam, bring me some coffee uh, pods or something. We off script now. We finna teach this thing. I'm finna bless y'all. Let me tell y'all something. Last week, uh, bring me about 10 of them, Cam. Uh, last week, God laid it on my heart to make a phone call. I called one of the brothers from the church. And I, I posted this on Facebook, so some of you might have already seen it. I called some of the brothers from the church. And I called one of the brothers from the church. And God already let me know that there was a need that needed to be met. But I called just, just calling. And, and I called, and when he picked up the phone, I could hear it in his voice that he was struggling, that things wasn't going right. And he began to tell me his problem. Never asked me for a dime, but began to tell me, his problems begin to tell me what was going wrong in, in his life. Yeah, just put it up there. You fine. You, you've been on camera already before. Is that 10 of them? Uh, I, you said about. I want 10. Okay. Bring me 10. All right. And so he uh, began to tell me his problems. He began to tell me everything that was going wrong. And, and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and God instantly told me, give him 250 Give him 250 Not $2.50, but $250. And I, I told him, listen, I'm going to cash app you right now. I'll cash out you right now. And the thing is that I love God so much, and I'm not new to this giving thing. I've been on the side where I didn't give, and now I'm on the side where I, I, I'm willingly give and I'm willing to obey. And I, I realized that what I was giving to the individual was not actually me giving it to him. It was me giving it to God through him. Can I help you understand? This is not even my sermon because I just really want to preach this thing today. When God asks you to give, he wants to utilize you to the best of your ability. Essentially what God is asking you is do you trust me enough to do what I'm asking you to do? This is the reality of the text. He's asking, do you trust me enough to do what I'm asking you to do? So I gave that 250. I gave that 250 uh, to the young man and, and uh and I didn't think nothing of it. Didn't, wasn't expected for it to come back or anything. Let me tell you what happened. You can't beat God giving. You just can't. I give that last week. This week, I started a new business a couple of weeks ago. Quick haul where we clean out. We make things happen. I got a contract for $3,000 to do a project over the weekend. Did an amazing project over the weekend. Company made 
$3,000, a great experience. Then I got another call to do a couple of things in the lady house. God blessed them. Then I had another call from somebody calling me and saying, Pastor, what does the church need? I say, we really don't have any needs. The truth is we got a couple of wants, but God is making everything happen. He says, know what? Don't worry about it. Send me your, your uh, cash app. I'm going to send you some money. Can I help you understand something that when you say yes to God, he then opens the door to you. You know what happens when you finally allow God to move on your behalf? Then I'm looking for the next person to bless. I'm looking for the next, because this is the thing. Once I release, I've opened my hands to a position to receive. And this is the reality of the fact is that God wants to trust you, but you have to be willing to trust him. You have to be willing to trust him. The truth be told, I wasn't in a position to give the 250, but the reality is I'm always in a position to give whatever God asks me, as long as God asks me. Do you know I heard a pastor preach just yesterday about Abraham when he had the, the, the opportunity to sacrifice Isaac because God had called him to? Now, you know the problem with sacrificing Isaac. Isaac is the son that's supposed to create the great generations. He was supposed to be father of many nations, but Isaac goes up on the hill, and when he, when he gets ready, when Abraham and Isaac goes on the hill there's a ram that is in the bush that God provides for the sacrifice the reality is when God says do it you just got to do it there should be no question that the reason I had Cam bring me this is because this is what happens this is what happens many of us I'm on, I just want to start with the tithing concept and I, again this is God I didn't even want to preach this today I want to help you I want to start with the tithing concept because this is what happens we have $10, 10 cups, whatever it is that you need. You got 10, all right? This is yours. You just got paid. You want to get you some J's. Things are moving in your behalf. Cam, this ain't 10, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. It's 10. All right. And so, so things are moving in your behalf. And you, but, but this is what many of us do. We spend... And then after we spend, we realize, oh, we ain't got enough, but I want to give God something. I wish I could just rip a piece of this off. And you just give them a little bit. You just spent all this, and you just give them a little bit. Let me tell you how it's supposed to go. It's a whole financial piece. Again, this is off script. This is off script. In my house, the first thing that we do is we have this thing called gratitude. That's 10% of our gross instantly goes to God. Gratitude, that's me saying thank you. It's not saying I owe you, it's just saying thank you for what you have done in my life. So this is my gratitude. It's a whole financial piece, I'm finna bless your world. After I done gave you God his gratitude, then you know what, I pay myself. Cause I need a good attitude. And so I give 10% to myself. This is my hair money, my shoes money, my clothes money. Why? Because the worst thing that can happen in your life is to go to work and be broke. The reason why many of you are broke, because you're not taking care of yourself. So I give God his, and then I make sure I got mine. Whatever I need. And so I go from gratitude to attitude, and this is all off script. God, thank you. Then I have what I call my latitude. Yeah. And what my latitude, that's my growth. 
That's when I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to buy a new car. I want to buy a new house. I, I, I want to start a company. Don't be jealous when I get to where I'm supposed to get because I've invested in my latitude so that I can get to where I need to get. Gratitude, attitude, latitude. Then what happens after I secure that first 30%, the other 70% is what I live off of. I live off of that. This is what many of us do. See, we don't take care of God, ourselves, and our future. And because we don't take care of God, ourselves, and our future, the, man, this is God, I'm sorry. Let me tell y'all something. The reason why many of y'all are broke because you just don't know how to manage your money. That's just the bottom line. You steady praying and asking God to bless you and provide something for you, but the reason why you're struggling I don't want to call nobody stupid, but some of you are making some bad decisions. And the reality is that you're trying to live off 200% when you don't even have 100%. You got to sit here and look at this. And so what I do, gratitude, attitude, latitude, then I base my life off that other 70%. Most of you live off the 100% and you have nothing for gratitude, you have nothing for attitude, and you have nothing for latitude. And the reality is that what you need to do is go ahead and secure this bag and then you look at this and you might need to drop down from uh, Metro PCS, I mean from uh, uh, Sprint to Metro PCS. You may need to get a pay-as-you-go plan. That's the reality is you may can't afford Prada and you need to find the, the last pay less on the block. There's some changes that you need to make. The reality, man, there's a pastor that's younger than me. I just seen him posted online the other day. A pastor that's younger than me probably makes less money than me and he's already paid off his first home. There are people who I've known since childhood still ain't paid off a house. Taking out a second mortgage and here it is a young man younger than me has already paid off his home because he's made things happen. You know what else I've been doing in my house? Because my wife just got blessed with a new job. And she just got blessed. She has a, she, she's a teacher now. First year teacher, second grade. She's making things happen. And you know what? Uh, listen, I can talk. Yeah, I ain't coming to, it's a $20,000 raise coming in my house. $20,000 raise. Listen, I've sown, so I deserve to grow. I want to help you. I want to help you today. This is what I'm trying to help you understand. Just because she makes more money doesn't mean we spend more money. Right. Ask her what I text her when she got the job. I say, hey, we need to sit down and have a financial meeting. Because there are some goals that need to happen. Just because you're getting some more money in that bank account don't mean you're going to go shop and buy bags and everything else. We have some things that we're trying to do. We've been living without it. Let's keep living without it. Let's see what we can do with 20000 extra just put in the bank. Let's see if we can buy some investment properties and make some things happen. Listen, I don't know what God you serve, but the God that I serve told me that I was supposed to be the head and not the tail, that I was supposed to be the lender and not the borrower. I want to be the dude that goes to the car lot and pays for my car with cash. And this is the thing. I want the same thing for you. I want the same thing for you, but in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to trust God. You can't be afraid, and you have to believe that God has a plan for your life. And this is the reality. This is the reality. If you never sow, how do you expect to grow? 
Can I help you, even if you don't get my concept of gratitude, attitude, and latitude, can I get you to the point to give a little gratitude? Let me tell you how crazy you are. This is how crazy you are if you're living in fear. You saying, God, if I give you this, I can't make it out of this. I'm afraid I can't pay my bills. I'm afraid you What in the world? You, this is how some of you look when you don't want to tithe. You're saying, God, I, if I give you this, then, then I just doubt that I'm going to make it to my next paycheck. I don't know how things that you're going to have. This is how some of you look in the eyes of God. God, why do you need this? You don't need this from me. I don't care if you did bless me with this. You need to bless me with a little more. You're selfish. You're selfish. I wasn't even trying to go here today. Paul writes to the people because he says, listen, I know you're good people, but the reality is that sometimes we get in our own way. And as a result in getting in our own way, I want to give you enough time to get prepared for God to use you. That's point number one. I'm going to give it to you. Why do you need to sow? The first reason you need to sow is because God has need of you. The first reason you need to sow is because God has need of you. The reason why God blessed you is because he wants to utilize you. There is always a time that God is going to call your name. For every blessing that he gives you, he's going to call your name and say, the reason why I bless you is so that you can be a blessing. Do you forget that God lives with inside of you, that you are a living, walking example of who God is? And so why wouldn't he use you as a vessel? You're supposed to be his hands. You're supposed to be his hands. You're supposed to be willingly ready to surrender. And this is why he says how you give is how you're going to get it. You know how some of y'all be at home with your parents being disrespectful? How you give. It's how you going to get. Some of you don't want to be right on your job. The attitudes that you give is the attitudes that you're going to get. What you sow into this thing is what you're going to. If you sow weeds into your relationships, if you sow weeds into your church, then don't be mad when weeds begin to grow. Don't be mad when weeds begin to grow. You know what I love about the grass? I can go out and I can stroke the grass and it feels good. And my neighbor grass, it just feels like your feet just soaks down into it. It's so beautiful. I can't walk in my grass like that. You know why? Because there are weeds and they stick me in my feet and things of that nature. Because there are weeds in my yard. And so I don't want weeds in my life. I have to pluck the weeds up by the root and put something of value there. This is what I'm trying to help you understand. God has need of you. This is why you should be so ready to give because he needs you. Second reason you should be so ready to give because he has equipped you. In other words, he has already blessed you. You didn't ever have enough from the get-go, but somehow he keep making it enough. Do you forget that you serve the God that says that he'll give you every day your daily bread? See, this is the problem. This is why the children of Israel struggled in the Bible uh, because of this simple issue. They tried, to, they tried to, to hoard the manna when it fell from heaven. They wanted to keep the manna. You know what it would do? It would, it would mold up. It would die. It wouldn't last. Why? Because he gave you what you needed for today. 
The reason why he only giving you what you need for this season is because he needs you to trust him in the next season. Can I help you understand something that sowing allows you to continually be dependent on God? It puts you in a position to say, I always need you. I never have everything I need, but as long as I got you, I got everything I could possibly ever want. Can I help you understand? Many of us are trying to hoard up. And as a reason that we're hoarding up, we, re- we remove the opportunity for God to help us. Y'all just missed that. The reason why some of you have not seen God work in your life is because you too busy trying to be God. You too busy trying to play God. You too busy trying to make a way when God is the may waker. You too busy trying to open doors when God is the door open. You too busy trying to find the right man, the right woman when God is the best one that can hook you up. This is what I'm trying to help you understand. You got to put yourself in a season where you're going to be willing to sacrifice what you have so that God can sow into you. You got to release in order to receive. Why do we release? Reason number one, we release because he has need of us. Reason number two, we release is because he's equipped us. Reason number three, if you don't get anything else before you leave here, you have to understand the reason I have to release is because he desires to bless me. This is the problem with being blessed. Cam, come on back up here, Cam. You working today. Uh, We finna preach this thing. We gonna take this thing on home and get on out here. I wish I had an organist today. I might go in on this one today. This is the issue. This is the issue. Stay right there. We on camera? Camera people, we on camera? God bless you. All right, this is the deal. Cameron, catch. Cameron has a blessing. Cameron, catch. Cameron, catch. In order for Cameron to keep catching, she has to let it out of one hand and release it into another hand. Now, Cameron, hold everything with with both of your hands. Both hands. Catch, Cameron. Catch, Cameron. Catch, Cameron. Catch Cameron. Eventually, this is the issue. If I had more, ah, she couldn't hold on. She couldn't hold on. Can I help you understand one way or another God's going to get it from you? One way or another God's going to get it from you. But the process is, and we ain't even no jugglers, Cameron, but let's try to juggle. We're going to go back and forth. Uh, no, no, not too many. So look, I throw one to Cam, throw it back. We're going to keep, uh, you can't catch Cameron, you messing up. But as long as, as long as she has focus and we releasing, we can keep receiving. As long as we have focus, we keep releasing, we can keep receiving. But the problem is, Cameron, you messing up my illustration, Cameron. We're receiving. This is what I'm trying to get you to understand. You have to be willing to let it go in order for you to grow. You have to be willing to allow some things to move in order for you to get bigger. Paul writes to the people, listen, I want to see you be blessed. I want to see things. I want to see doors open in your life. I want to see ways made in your life. I want to see you pay off cars. I want to see you buy new houses. I want to see you out of debt. I want to see you open a bank. I want to see things happen in your life. But in order for you to do it, you got to be used by God. Those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. This is where I've gotten with God. God gives me something. And although my habit is to give him 10%, you know what God sees about my heart? He can have it all. I'm that foolish when it comes to following my God. 
I know that this is what I give you to say thank you. But listen, if you really want it, you can have all of it. Because the reality is that as long as he has me, I'm covered. I don't have anything to worry about. I'm, I'm covered. But I have to be willing to say, God, I trust you with it all. I trust you with it all. That means whenever you call my name to be used, you can use me. Whenever there's something that you want me to do, let me know and I will do it. My prayer is for this church to be full with people that are getting blessed. I want to tell you something. And, and this is not to make anybody feel bad. And I say this and we're done. This last few weeks, I've seen people from Believer City be blessed beyond blessed. I've seen people buy new cars, not having to put any money down. Car notes going down. I've seen people uh, uh, get raises on jobs. I've seen people get promotions. I've seen people get new jobs. And, and, and this is what I want to tell you. And, and I'm, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But the people who I've seen become blessed are people who I've seen be a blessing. I've seen them be a blessing, not only financially to this church, but I've seen their behavior to people, the way they reach out and how they serve people, and God is blessing them. You want to know how a church grows? The people grow. I'm not trying to grow a church. I'm trying to grow people. I want y'all to be the best, most blossoming tree fruit that God could ever produce. But in order for that to happen, you have to trust him. You cannot doubt him. You cannot be afraid of what life is going to be like if you sow, if you serve. have to be sold out. You have to be willing to sacrifice. Abraham was willing to take Isaac to the altar. And as a result of him being willing to put Isaac on the altar, God allowed an angel to appear and the ram was in the bush. David was going to slay Goliath. All he had was a slingshot and some stones. And he slew the giant. Jesus was coming to save humanity. All he had was the life that he lived and the blood that he shed. And the reality is that all he asked is that just like he sold his life, will you sow your life? Will you say yes? Will you give your life to Christ so that he can move on your behalf? So as I close today, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you for your money. I'm not asking you for your time. I'm asking you to give God your life. Because if you really give God your life, then everything else comes with it. Everything else comes with it. Let me pray for everybody in this place, on this line. 
that you are giving God your life. Father God, I thank you for these people. God, I pray that they have heard your word. Thank you for moving through me, taking me off script, and making this a lot more easier to talk about. God, right now, all I want is for people to say yes. And so, God, my prayer right now in this place that people all over that are watching this online, that are listening to me in here today, say yes to accepting your son, Jesus Christ. That they have, if they have not lived the life that has been what you have wanted them to be, God, I pray that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ was born, died, and rose so that we can have everlasting life. Let them say yes. And God, let them know that their life has just begun again. Now, God, I pray for those who have already said yes, that God, maybe the walk has not been easy. There has been doubt. There has been fear. Maybe a little bit of selfishness. And God, I pray that you remove all of it right now that you remove all of it right now and allow them to be the cheerful giver that says, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be happy about giving you my life, giving you my resources so that you can bless them in the manner that they're supposed to be blessed. Last but not least, God, I pray for those who are looking for a church home. God, if this is the place where you want them to be, whether in a digital platform or rather in a physical formation, God, we pray right now that you allow them to say that they believe and they belong. And we'll be so careful to give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, come on, can we give God a hand clap of praise? What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry. This message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion. You're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows to your heart to do so. Uh, you can also download our app by going to Google Play or the App Store and download Believer City Church. And there's ways that you can connect with us there, pray with us, give, and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community. We thank you again for listening to this message, and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future. God bless you.